0: welcome once again to cinemaholics the major motion podcast where we talk about the biggest and best films coming to theaters and streaming online from the san francisco bay area i'm john negroni film editor for inbetweendrafts.com and from pittsburgh pennsylvania he's a freelance film writer his name is will ashton and will are you secretly from 30 or so years in the future but you just stayed
1: i mean i feel like an old soul um you know, you predict like I predict things have, pretty well. Yeah, like I um had an appointment this morning and I went to the office or I went to their thing and I was like waiting at the reception desk for like a few minutes. Like, why isn't the receptionist coming? What's going on? And I took a re- look to my right and they had like this whole little like iPad tablet on the side that I just completely ignored. Oh, like, you didn't check in. Well, I did check in eventually, but I didn't even think wow. like there'd be a computer here to do this for me. I'm just like, I'll just check in with the person as i'm supposed to do because it just made me realize that in my heart i'm just old i do things like an old person
0: (laughs) mr millennial you blockhead yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) oh man uh this week we're talking about totally killer you know uh speaking of things that uh are a little bit old uh this movie already came out a minute ago but We're happy to talk about it a little bit later because it's been getting good reviews. You brought it onto my radar. It's been streaming on Amazon Prime Video as of October 6th, and we're coming to it a little bit late, but it's been taking people by surprise. I don't think people had a feeling that Totally Killer, which kind of, it's like a Netflix kind of TV movie kind of thing. Uh, You know, it's something that might be worth recommending to people who are looking for a spooky movie, a new one this month.
1: Yeah. uh, Amazon, though, not Netflix.
0: Um, I said Amazon in the beginning, but uh, I'd say it has Netflix vibes.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't even know what really like Amazon vibes would be. <laughs> exactly. I but uh, I don't
0: usually think of like like Amazon. I mean, they have had some things with rom coms. I guess like they had uh, I Want You Back, that was an Amazon Prime, and that kind of similar, similar uh, was like a kind of a TV movie kind of feel.
1: Yeah, I guess like like what what was that uh, hit rom com this year? Uh, Red, white, royal blue. I guess that's like yeah, damn. based
0: on the based on the book, which is definitely a bigger deal. Apparently, the movie didn't do the book justice. So, mm-hmm. but in terms of you know, and I don't say TV movie as a pejorative at all. Like it's not a criticism. If anything, a lot of the time, like these kind of TV movies, like we talked about the Kane Mutiny Court Martial not too long ago. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. These
0: these are comfort watches for me. I mean. The stakes are a little bit more manageable. You don't necessarily have to be in, a, in an audience. You can watch them with your family and friends, maybe the whole community. Sure. So I, do,
1: I do think it's fair to say that, I mean, the big movie of the weekend was the Taylor Swift, Eras tour. That's right. Which you thing, watched? which, which I was totally fine to watch. Like I figured that was the thing to do, but I didn't oh, want to you
0: didn't watch it.
1: Well, I didn't I watch it did. because I was like, well, I want to make sure that this is the, the, um, focus of the review. Cause I feel like those, uh, you know, I like got opening weekend. It was going to be filled with Swifties. I'm not like the biggest uh, Taylor Swift fan. I don't even know if it's fair to call me a fan of hers. Like I just kind of, you know, appreciate some of her music. I've listened to a fair bit of it, but by no means have I ever gone to a concert or like seen, uh, you know, I, I'd never really had any interest in seeing her live, but you know, it was like, if this is the big movie, I feel it's worth covering. And Mr. John Negroni was just dragging his feet, being like, "Why do we got to talk about that?"
0: I did you push know. back on it. I, I felt convinced, honestly, that it just wouldn't, in my opinion, garner an interesting discussion. We have talked about a Taylor Swift documentary before. We talked about because of Sundance. We talked about Miss Americana, the mm. the one that she did in 2020. And I, you know, I I think that that I feel like I said everything I need to say about. My thoughts on Taylor Swift, honestly, well, um, I, yeah,
1: I mean, for me, it was more the excitement of reviewing a concert film, which we have never discussed uh, on this show, to my knowledge. Um, you know, it just seemed like that was a fun opportunity. You know, it seems like concert films are really coming back. Uh, we have the Beyonce one coming up later this year. Uh, Stop me since got a restoration courtesy of a 24. I, I believe watched the last- Odessa
0: one, the last goodbye, which was really fun. Uh, I don't think I would review it. I mean, I don't think there's anything to review.
1: I'm not familiar with that one, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that's a genre we haven't discussed before. I think we could have had a fun, uh, interesting conversation. But, you know, I'm totally fine with doing a horror movie. That was my one stipulation was like, if we're going to do something else, it's October. We got to talk about a horror movie. And this one looked pretty fun. You know, it had nice little like kind of scream, happy death day vibes to it. Uh, that was yeah, really Kiernan
0: Shipka Mad Men yeah. fame and Sabrina the Teenage Witch she kind of comes in here as a little bit of a Jessica Roth not clone but kind of uh, similar vibes
1: yeah like her younger cousin or something
0: <laughs> sure <laughs> um, it is funny to me that Kiernan Shipka who has been playing has been playing a teenager as long as she has um, partly because like in the show Mad Men she was playing a teenager when like she like she was playing an older version of a teenager because the way the time works in that show, which I won't say too much. Right. Because I don't want to give things away to you. Um, she's only 23, but she's still able to play high schoolers. Um, I think that's kind of, a, you know, a kind of a testament to her career being so successful early on because of Mad Men and other things she's done along the way.
1: Sure. I mean, yeah, we're only in season three of Mad Men. So it was a bit of a whiplash uh, for me. You know, we're watching the show. Very, very gradually. And then now I see this movie and it's like, oh, yeah, she's all grown up. It just kind of felt like like I kind of went forward in time, not back.
0: (laughs) There Uh, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In terms of like films, she hasn't done a lot of very noticeable ones. Um, In fact, I think this is the first movie I've seen her in um, besides uh, Carriers, the 2009 film. But I mean, I think she had like a small part in that and she was still pretty young. But yeah, uh, yeah, she's been more like the TV stuff.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I know she she has been in some other films, but they've been pretty minor indie stuff. This is definitely the first lead role I've seen because I never watched the Sabrina show. So, uh, yeah, it's it was definitely a nice little like, OK, here's a good showcase for her. We mm-hmm. know that she can act, uh, you know, because of Mad Men. But like, can she carry a film like this? That's the question. And yeah, it was a enticing prospect for me to watch this film.
0: I did. I just double checked her filmography and actually I have seen her in something else, but it was animated. She voiced um, the the English voice in a Japanese animated movie when Marnie was there, the 2014 film. Uh, So so I have technically seen her in something else. Uh, She's also I'm seeing here for the first time. She's going to be in a movie called Red One, which is a an action Christmas movie with uh, Jake Kasdan directed it. uh, And also this is uh, Dwayne Johnson and Chris Evans. Uh, along with her, Lucy Liu, Mary Elizabeth Ellis. I mean, J.K. Simmons, it looks like a pretty notable film just from the cast here. It looks like another Amazon movie, too. Looks like
1: it's going to be very, very annoying. So I can't wait to not watch it once on Netflix.
0: (laughs) Well, it's going to be on Amazon. So I guess same difference. Or even better. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Totally Killer, as we've alluded, it's a black comedy slasher film. And uh, again, this one came out on October 6th. Uh, The story... It's kind of hard to talk about the story a little bit because I I didn't watch a trailer for this. Uh, It did premiere at Fantastic Fest before it came on streaming, too. So that was back in late September. But um, I'll I'll say real quick, the cast includes Olivia Holt, Julie Bowen. um, Let me look at the full list here because I know there's more than that. Um, Charlie Gillespie, uh, Liana Liberato, Randall Park, um, a few people, a few faces I don't recognize as, as readily, but... Uh, the story of it falls like since I didn't watch the trailer, there there's something that happens kind of early on that I was a little bit like, whoa, oh, OK, like that's happening. I, OK, all right. Uh, it, was, it seemed kind of random to me, actually. But um, we it's the movie takes place in this small town in the present day. And it's been like 35 years since a series of murders, uh, three serial killings. Um, by an unknown person who wore this mask, there's a, there's some scream vibes in it. Uh, very similar, you know, they even call out Scream uh, at one point in the movie. So it's a bit self-aware in that way, but basically this killer came along, had this like weird mask, killed these three teenage girls, three 16 year old girls. Uh, and each one he stabbed or they stabbed, uh, 16 times. I say a he, because the mask is like male, right? But that's the mystery, right? It could be a guy, it could be a girl who non-binary who knows, uh, but anyway, so it's been 35 years. And so the people in the town, like the descendants, uh, or this, those same people who were in high school at the time, they've kind of had to carry this trauma over the past few decades. And, you know, Julie Bowen plays this mother who was friends with the three girls. And so her daughter, uh, cured Shipka, uh, her character, she's trying to like instill in her, like, you got to be careful. Like these stabbings are real. And it's even scarier because, like, people are still talking about these murderers. Uh, one of the all-grown-up high schoolers has like a true crime podcast. It's kind of making fun of like the whole true crime podcast wave of the last decade or so. Uh, directly, I think lampooning the popular ones like Serial, for example. Uh, but also, the people in this town. Are still kind. They like make light of it at this point. So like people dress up as the killer. So a lot like Scream in that way. Like people will buy the mask and they'll wear it and be like trick or treat. Ha ha ha. Uh, now Kieran Shipka's character, she doesn't really care about any of this stuff. But then something happens early on in the movie where she's like, oh, this is like the real deal. And a, a weird turn of circumstances ends up having her going back into the past. Uh, I won't say how because I don't even know if I could. Um, she actually goes back in time to the 1980s. They do directly reference back to the future and they do have like the, the, that whole thing of like, don't explain time travel. It's too complicated. And the writers on lunch, um, and they have that whole thing where she's like, she going to find the murderer in time, you know, and do the murderer come back with her and like all that stuff. And she finds like the character or she finds the younger version of her parents. Uh, so, so there's a lot of that going on. So like I said, a bit comedic definitely some um lots of killing it's not a super hard r kind of movie whatsoever in fact it could potentially be pg13 depending on some of the stuff if i'm forgetting uh, how graphic it is
1: i i mean it's definitely r but yeah it's like a fluffy r depending on how there you go. much you can kind of tolerate you know yeah uh, violence uh but yeah i mean it's not like there's not a ton of language there's like the sex there's there are sex jokes in it but i don't know i think
0: there's nothing too explicit 15. in the movie.
1: Yeah. I think a fifteen year old would be fine watching this.
0: I agree. I agree. Of course it depends on the parents and everything to make those calls, but uh yeah, it's also a pretty tight movie, hundred and six minutes, so uh, under two hours, which is pretty nice for this kind of thing. Uh well, what would you th- what'd you think of Totally Killer? Do you think it lived up to its name? Um, so
1: I there's definitely something here I did like. I, I think the concept is super fun and clever. Uh, you know, especially for a slasher film. Uh, you know, it, it, the idea of someone going back in time to try to prevent the series of murders from happening, but then knowing how time travel works and not giving anything away in the film, uh, things don't actually play out as well as they hope is a really fun angle. And uh, it seemed like a really good idea for a film like this. That's, you know, like you said, kind of tongue in cheek, not playing it too seriously, uh, but, you know, still willing to honor the, the, the horror, or at least that was my hope. I feel like the big thing with this movie is that it definitely leans more into the comedy than the horror. The horror stuff feels very, very basic. Uh, you know, like even to going down to like the killings, like I get the gimmick of, you know, sweet 16 killer stabs the victim 16 times, but it's always with a knife. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just re- I just watched, um, Friday the 13th part three uh this past week and you know i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna say that movie is uh leaps and bounds better than this one but at least with that movie you know jason Voorhees gets pretty creative like you know he he fire irons and like harpoon guns and stuff it gets a little bit more inventive in that respect i feel like there's definitely room for invention and style uh that that seems to be ignored in the horror aspect as far as the comedy goes um i think it's solid It's, it's more cute than funny i think um Definitely some solid chuckles throughout. I do think, above all else, this does prove that Kieran Shipka can lead a film like this. Though I should say, I did I did look up her filmography, and there was a big omission on my part. She was in The Black Coat's Daughter with Emma Roberts uh, that Oz Perkins made. the, the, the I didn't see
0: that. Perkins.
1: It's a pretty good film, and she is the co-lead of that. Nice. So totally uh, a blind spot on my part in another horror film. Definitely very different totally hmm. than this one, but
0: I have to uh, imagine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, that, that's uh definitely worth noting uh, as far as her horror filmography goes. But uh yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those movies where it's agreeable in the sense of like it's, it's paced well enough. It's a little saggy in the middle, but like the characters are likable. Like the, the period stuff is played straight enough to where you can get into it, but not deeply enough to where it gets, super annoying with it. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I do think, especially for a streaming film, this is something I think a lot of younger, you know, like, scream-loving horror fans or people who did, like, Happy Death Day could probably get something out of But, I don't know, I guess for me, it just kind of made me feel like I was just watching a lesser version of those films. Like, I I never really got the same thrills I got from, like, the better screams or from the two happy death day film, especially because this one seems more in line with the second happy Death Day film than the, the first one. Um, but overall, I mean, it's, it's like a shrug for me. I, I didn't hate it. Uh, I think the end actually gets really fun. Um, it involves a carnival of sorts. Uh, and I won't give away like the climax, but that's <laughs> where I'm like, okay, like I kind of wish this movie was on this vibe throughout because I, it kind of felt like that's when the movie was really getting into its zone. But overall, uh, I don't know. I guess it's just OK. What do you think?
0: I, I think we're mostly on the same page with this one. Um, I think, it, it, yeah, it just sort of depends. Like, I agree with you. It depends on, like, how much you like this kind of movie and how much you appreciate it. So this was directed by Nanachka Anachika Khan. Uh, she's the one who directed Always Be My Maybe, the 2019 oh, yeah. next Netflix film. I watched that uh, for the first time this year. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I like that movie a lot. And I, and I think it this one kind of fits nicely into her repertoire, which is like she's been a writer uh, for a lot of things. I don't think she did any writing for or has writing credits on this. Um, the screenplay is by there are three credited screenwriters, David Madelon, Sasha Pearl Raver and Jen D'Angelo. Uh, D- uh, Madelon and Pearl Raver uh, came up with the story, though. So it looks like Jen D'Angelo may have come along for like some tightening, stuff like that. That's my guess anyway. Uh, But in terms of Nanacha Khan's uh, career, you know, she's been a writer for a lot of different things. And I think she kind of has like a very specific vibe to the things she's worked on, which include Fresh Off the Boat, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, Young Rock. um, I'm forgetting other ones. Malcolm in the Middle, she she did some stuff for. Oh, yeah. American Dad, Unfabulous. (laughs) Like she's had a very, you know, she's had a career where I think like a lot of the stuff she does is sort of like the way that I watched this movie, which is kind of in the background. I was paying attention. I was I was watching it, but I was also, you know, cooking food. I folded some laundry like this is one of those kinds of movies for me um, where I wasn't like it wasn't something that I felt like I could really sit down and like really engage with, like without any distractions, (laughs) because I think I would have gotten a little bored. But uh, I did uh, to to the credit of what you brought up. I did that like in the end and yeah, I was just watching the movie. You know, I had a little bit of like a fidget cube thing here that uh, my wife got me for my birthday. So I was fidgeting with that, uh, which is fun. But uh, otherwise those are those little clacks you're hearing. Um, If you ever hear that on the podcast, that's, that's what that is. (laughs) Um, It's like, Will's boring me. Um, Never. (laughs) But yeah, no, I I agree with a lot of uh, what you're pointing out. Like it's not the most artful movie, but it's not trying to be. So I, I think that you can meet it on that level. I think that, the message of the movie, I guess, is, you know, it's pretty plaid. OK, you know, like appreciating your parents, understanding that your parents were horny teenagers in high school. Sure. Uh, I think that Kieran Shipka kind of sells uh, a character and a story that isn't as compelling as I think what she's bringing to it in her performance. But she's very convincing. Uh, and I think, it, yeah, it's it's who knew security so and is a really good actor. Uh, I think that she's just good at selling dialogue that can be a little wacky, but also she has a lot of presence as an actor. Uh, I think that you definitely saw that in Sabrina, the teenage witch, which who that show really went off the rails, but like she never really lost focus with it. I, I think by the, I mean, by the time I stopped watching, it was definitely in spite of her uh, as a performer. And so I'm just personally waiting for like the next thing that she's going to work on. That's really going to be like, you know, at her level as an actor. uh, Who knows when that's going to happen next. But uh everybody else here, I, I think like we don't get enough Julie Bowen. I think that Julie Bowen is like Modern Family. She's probably my favorite aspect of that show Um, just because like I think she's like sneaky funny. Um, I didn't watch all of Modern Family, but of, of a lot of it, I, I mean, did. She was usually the character I gravitated toward the most.
1: Who all, who did watch all of Modern Family? I think actually Matt Serafini.
0: A bunch of people did. Sure, I mean it was a comfort watch, right? It was a show you always know what you're going to get with it, and you know I've seen clips online of like over the years, like the stuff I didn't watch, and I was like, yeah, you know, it had its moments. But uh, I think Bowen, to me, was always like kind of like Shipka. Like I think she's just like a really good actor who kind of just does things that are a little bit safer and a little bit more, you know. And then that's her right as a as an actor, I guess. But as for everybody else. I think where the movie kind of falls apart for me is like these teenagers, I thought were really, really, the the writing just doesn't serve them. Well, I I don't think it's the performances. I just think it's like, I didn't care, you know, when the horror stuff started flying, it's like the movie's so goofy with its premise and it's trying to make me laugh so much that when people start dying, I'm not feeling anything. And I think a horror movie's got to have a little bit of that. I had, I needed some of those stakes. There were moments when characters do die that I theoretically should have felt something and i didn't and so that stuff was a little bit disappointing but again because i wasn't because i was folding laundry like it wasn't something that offended me and i was just like what a waste of time and instead i just walked away and me like that was a fun time a little di- fun a little distraction
1: yeah i mean i definitely agree and, and it's not something i really dwelled on but definitely a good point that like they go so out of their way to like make these characters as two dimensional, like the, the people the victims the people who die uh so two-dimensional in the past that's really hard to like kind of like care (laughs) when they die which is you know pretty messed up thing to say but like the
0: exception of olivia holt's character i I thought she was also like if i had to pick three characters in this i it would be like the both characters that play the mom uh so julie bowen olivia holt and also karen shipka oh yeah i don't know if you agree
1: um yeah i guess so yeah i mean uh i i feel like the movie could done like without Randall Park. I, I get, like, because the connection with um Always Be My Maybe, but I never really felt like he brought a whole lot to the film. Uh, I don't know. I guess other than that, I, I didn't really take any uh, issue with any of the cast uh, here, um, though I didn't really feel like, like you said, like I didn't think anyone was really, uh, you know, bringing, uh
0: their A-game per
1: se. But nevertheless. Um, yeah, like they didn't yeah. need
0: to, right? <laughs> At sure. least I didn't think so.
1: But yeah, I don't know, I guess for me, and I, I don't like uh, knock this film for this, but I, I do kind of feel like maybe I'm a little worn out on the, the scream formula because that was such like, in, like 30 years ago, that was like a really kind of revolutionary thing because we had been so accustomed to like the paint by numbers aspect of the slasher film. But I feel like by now it'd be like more revolutionary if a studio just did a straightforward slasher film. Like, right. Without I mean, yeah. Mix or the jokes, Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I mean, you know, with that said, like, I, I, I do think, uh, you know, I, I think this type of thing can work. Obviously I'm really fond of, uh, Christopher Landon's film and I'm really excited that he's doing the new scream. Like, I think that's just perfect, uh, actor to material or sorry, director to material. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess in part maybe because I'm kind of burnt out, I was a little less charitable. On this, I maybe would have been like a few years ago, uh, especially because we're getting, you know, new screen movies. And because I can compare this to something like Freaky, which I think just does this type of thing much better, especially when it comes to the horror and the performances. Um, But, you know, Freaky also
0: takes more risks. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that movie. uh, Yeah, it's willing to do more. I think it has more interesting things. On its mind than this movie does. But yeah I don't know. For as kind of basic as Totally Killer is. I I can't say I had like a terrible time watching it. But you you do wonder because there is enough here working. What the better version of this would have ultimately been. I think that kind of just comes down to direction. Being a little too flimsy for its own good.
0: Since you brought up Scream again. I think that's a good segue into uh, the negative review I have here. Uh, This is a two and a half star Letterboxd negative review from the Taylor. Uh, Anyone else guess the killer four seconds in? (laughs) It has moments that really work and clearly the whole thing was built around those moments, but it's mostly concept over execution. Oh, yeah. And I effing hate the killer's mask. Yeah, I think where this movie definitely like I I typically am able to guess the killers and scream, but I usually feel like when I guess it right in those movies, I feel like I worked hard for it. Like I really because I was paying close attention and when I when I get it right, I feel like. It wasn't easy, you know, and I also feel like uh, sometimes and not every screen movie does it great, but uh, I think that sometimes they put in those little twists that are fun. Uh, but in this one, I, I, this one was really easy to guess. I mean, down to like the motivations down to like what the movie was trying to do. At one point, it kind of just gives it away and yeah. <laughs> really directly. And I was like, wow, I mean, I mean, I, it, it kind of felt like they were worried that the teenagers wouldn't get it or something. I don't know.
1: Well, I I do feel like streaming movies, that's one of the bigger issues that they have to telegraph more because they, I think they're sort of expecting someone like John Negroni to fold laundry while they're watching the movie. So <laughs> there you go. More overt, but also like it's a movie's slight credit maybe it's a backhanded compliment, but um, I feel like it's not really supposed to be like a huge mystery. Like, isn't it kind of supposed to be a little obvious? Like, is not that kind of supposed to be like the joke of it a bit?
0: I don't know. I don't know how obvious it was trying to be because they, they do sort of play it up, don't they? Like when the re- big reveal happens and then the movie's like, wow, like who'd have thought? And it's like everybody. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but to to what you're saying, I do agree in the sense that like I think a lot of people are going to just gonna be like, oh, yeah, I figured that's who it was. But they, I don't think people are going to be like, oh, well, that ruins the whole movie for me because to what you're saying, the appeal of the movie, I think, is going beyond like the mystery aspect of it. I think you're right about that.
1: Yeah. As for the mask, I definitely agree. Like I
0: Yeah, it sucks. It's really bad.
1: I had to like when you mentioned the mask and you mentioned it was a guy, I had to like think like what was the mask? Like, I had to look at the poster. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it looked like. They should it have just had
0: the good. green mask from the mask. By the like, rights. Well
1: Yeah, I mean I like, I know people criticize the goofiness of like the mask in um happy death day, but like at least it's memorable. You know, like I remember that mask very clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh this is just like, oh yeah. It's it's, it's a cigar. Also, a
0: mask. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I do have uh, some positive reviews, though. Uh, I'll start with the one that's uh, positive, but with some caveats, right? Uh, So, this is a three and a half star from John, not me, though. Uh, That was good fun. A pretty original slasher, which does enough to set it apart from the rest, has some really decent set pieces, and was pretty funny with its on the nose references. Uh, I'd say that, you know, I will give the movie a little bit of credit. The set pieces had some variety to them. We go to like different places. I think that the movie has an energy to it. Uh, maybe that's why it's like, not a movie like as short it is. it isn't very long. It didn't feel super long to me, but I do agree that it, it towards the middle. I did have that sense of like. How much more of this do we have? Like, I, f- I feel like we're kind of we should be wrapping it up pretty soon. And then sure enough, it gets that point. But um, I, I did like that we we get the typical locations and everything. But uh, like we go to a cabin, that's kind of cool. Like we have the amusement park. We have the school like th- the movie wasn't at least overly repetitive with what it was trying right. to do in terms of the the set pieces, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think that just comes down to like the cleverness of the concept. Like, I think the, the blueprint is definitely here. I just feel like they don't really uh mine as much material as they could from it but right that's... like
0: that last review said like concept over execution
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah that was pretty astute yeah um the last one i have here this is from ethan uh this is a four-star review so even higher uh very entertaining and campy the time travel pot plot here makes more sense to me than an end game i don't know the killer reveal however was disappointing it wasn't shocking at all but i still enjoyed this movie uh yeah that, that's something i mean i wouldn't call this camp um, maybe it has like campy elements to it, but I, I don't want to lead anyone astray. <laughs> I would not consider this camp. Did do you agree though?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's more cutesy than camp. Like, I think it's not quite as like stylistic or like theatrical that weren't uh comparison to
0: camp, but I think sometimes just people have different interpretations and meanings for campy. Like, I think sometimes oh, people yeah. will use it interchangeably, with like cheesy, right? Which I think is, a, you know, I can understand that.
1: Oh, I remember, um, what's that yearly, uh, fashion thing? Like all the celebrities go to, yearly uh, fashion
0: thing. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember. It's like a gala, I, someone, right?
1: Someone listening is screaming that what it is. I think it begins with an M like the Met Gala Met Gala. That's it. Uh, I remember one year it was like the theme is camp and like some people got like really wild, like some like, you know, John Waters stuff. And then other people are like, I'm wearing jeans. <laughs> You know, yeah.
0: like it's, it's like that meme of like the that, that woman who has like the keys on her head she's like look at yeah. her. she's crazy right. yeah
1: <laughs> the chips yeah um yeah it just it was a real eye-opening moment for me because it's like oh, okay a lot of people just don't know what camp is <laughs>
0: they're like yeah if it's like vaguely silly <laughs> like, right yeah yeah but that's okay i i, I think like I, I get where people can be coming from with that like if you watch a campy movie they're it's not mutually exclusive, right? There's there's a lot of like silly, cheesy things that happen in campy movies. So but yeah, definitely a distinction. Um, I think it's funny that they said the time travel plot here made more sense than in an Endgame. I would just say that neither makes sense and move on from there.
1: <laughs> I think they're just that's my uh, take. I think they're referencing the fact that the movie references Endgame. But that's
0: true. Like a- that's <laughs> true. <laughs> this movie does reference a lot of other movies which is always a risk because the more you reference other movies the the more you invite people to be like well that movie i'd rather watch you know but uh yeah we oh, don't have to was, do that
1: that was definitely my experience <laughs> yeah was
0: it I, I definitely felt that with scream it's like don't scream is not a movie you should invoke too much and to its great. i think it only invoked it once but sure yeah um let's play the ron tomatoes game let's uh did you have any final thoughts that uh, anything we didn't cover uh,
1: no, I think that's the long and short of it. You know, like you said, I mean, it's a streaming movie. You know, it's it's a, it's supposed to be kind of fluffy and disposable. So there's not really any sense like getting too bogged into the the weeds of it. But sure. yeah, I don't know. It, it's fine.
0: Let's look at the tomato meter first. Uh, we have 93 critic reviews. What do you think? What's your best guess for the critic score?
1: Um, I I imagine critics are more favorable than than I am, and probably even you. Uh, I would say. It's like probably like 78%.
0: That's not too far off. It's actually higher. Uh, It's 87%. So it's actually the inverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think to what you're saying, it's like the average rating is probably not that high. It's just a lot of people are giving it a pass. Like even the critic consensus here says totally killer may not take full advantage of its promising conceit. But this time, traveling horror sci-fi mashup is still enjoyable overall. So, yeah, I think people are just kind of giving it a pass because they're like, yeah, the performance is good. And, you mm-hmm. know, my laundry got folded on time. So there's yeah, that yeah. at least. <laughs> 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 OK, the audience score, uh, 500 plus ratings. What do you think the audience score is?
1: Um, Maybe a little lower, but probably so high, maybe like 84 percent
0: a little bit lower uh this one's uh closer to your guess for the critics were 77 percent which i find pretty surprising so i guess like people are watching it maybe they see the high <laughs> critics were and they're like oh this is like a really good oh uh, okay it's not yeah, that yeah, yeah. good yeah
1: i can see that yeah maybe
0: and then we'll finish up with letterboxd here so we have uh let's see we have one hundred and thirty-eight thousand watches that's way more than i expected actually um yeah this hmm, people okay. watch it yeah 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 yeah. yeah. people watched it when they were like they got home from taylor swift i guess um probably a lot of Uh, crossover right considering like who the uh you know young you know people
1: i mean part of the the reason why i proposed doing this film was because i was seeing a lot of people logging it on letterbox and i was like okay Ah,
0: i see okay
1: like people were actually watching it and stuff so i figured like you know maybe at the very least (laughs) we might be hip
0: (laughs) (laughs) with the kids (laughs) um all right but what do you think the average rating is then uh, so like 3.4. Very close. Not a bad week for you. 3.2. Uh, so we were just 0.2 off. That's not bad. Okay. Um. Yeah. A little bit closer to like, yeah, I think in between three and four, uh, three and a half stars, that's pretty that's pretty much computing with what I'm seeing. I'm seeing like fellow critics though, are being a little harsher on it. Like I'm seeing, uh, despite the Rotten Tomatoes thing, like I'm seeing two stars from, um, one person, two and a half from a couple, but you know, also, uh, three and a half stars from like Charlie Ridgely. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit all over the place. This one.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seemed like a lot of people on my letterbox were definitely safer on it. Like there were some like two and a half, but it seemed like a lot of people were like three and a half or like you said, three, I didn't see a a lot of fours or higher but right. but it just seemed like a lot of people were just like, yeah, you know, solid fun. It's October.
0: <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Um, I think for our next review uh, and we're doing this one pretty late, hopefully this next one won't be too much later, but uh, I think it's a given. We'll be talking about killers of the flower moon. Uh, I have already seen the movie and if you can't wait, uh, you can definitely check out my review for it on in between drafts. Uh, what, do, what are your plans to see killers of the flower moon? Well, uh, do you plan to see it this weekend next week? What's up?
1: Uh, probably during the week. I, I- I mean, I have a busy work week ahead, but also uh, I kind of want to see it when the Taylor Swift movie is not playing because it seems like a more kind of quiet, (laughs) contemplative film. and I just don't want to hear like music flaring. Shake it off. Yeah, yeah.
0: I will say... uh, my theater was pretty good about that. Uh, It was a screening and there was a Taylor Swift thing going on next door. And I only heard it when I went out into the hallway. Um, So, and for those of you who don't know, killers of the flower moon is the new Martin Scorsese movie. Uh, It's about three and a half hours long. And uh, yeah, it's definitely one of our like, okay, this is a contender. This is a front runner or one of the front runners for best picture, that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, definitely want to talk about that pretty soon, but I can imagine you want to watch it in the most ideal sort of theatrical environment as possible right sure.
1: yeah uh, there's also sure.
0: dick there's also dicks the musical which uh, i kind of want to watch this weekend and then coming up soon we'll, we'll hopefully be talking about five nights at Freddy's. so interesting okay. next couple of weeks in terms of movies coming out but we'll we'll chat more about that uh as we get to it and uh we'll finish out with just a quick plug for uh our discord uh we we do have a discord with the uh in between drafts there's a place where you can chat about stuff uh we're on there i'm on there more than will is but uh you know yeah i can i try to invoke i try to get will to go on there when it, whenever he's invoked but uh you know maybe i gotta yeah. work harder on that
1: <laughs> guess so yeah i don't know um
0: there was somebody yeah, there who so was I, asking I, about horror movies and i was like well will has been watching horror movies every day he might have some <laughs> good recommendations that. yeah yeah uh,
1: well admittedly i think you shared that either really late at night or really early in the morning i just remember i looked at it i was like oh yes uh, when i wake I'll up i'll get there.
0: to that yeah, yeah yeah yeah. i'll help somebody out later <laughs> <laughs> all right cool well uh that'll be it for us this week uh on cinema hawks uh we'll see y'all in the next one from the internet california i'm john negroni
1: and from the internet pennsylvania in 1984 what 1984 I'm what? in the past it's 87 <laughs>
0: 1987 all right it's see
1: 1987. you next time <laughs>